0: Yes. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Kyle Serlo here, and thank you for uh, joining us for another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. And uh, this one, you know, is always a little special. Our first podcast after the Masters is always a little interesting. And, uh, you know, because I don't have a guest with me for this week, I am going to keep this one relatively brief. Uh, I know there's probably only... You know, probably only about 7,000, you know, masters in review podcasts out there for you to listen to. And, um, you know, having it now, you know, been a couple of days uh, since Patrick Reed took home the green jacket, I I just thought I'd share with you guys uh, some of my thoughts. You know, if you're a big golf fan, as, you know, you likely are if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably, you know, already heard a thousand different people's opinions on. How the tournament shook out. Uh, and so, you know, allow me to be the thousand and first person to just give you some of my brief thoughts uh, on the Masters, uh, how the tournament shook out, and uh, some of my observations. And then uh, we'll, we'll touch on a couple of news items and some other things like that. Uh, but before we start, I just want to give you guys a quick little reminder that in case you haven't already, go check out golfguide.net. Visit the store where we got some sweet deals on greens fees at golf courses around Northern California. And, uh, you know, some courses you can save up to 70% uh, on your greens fees. So golfguide.net, click on the store and use the promo code GGPODCAST and uh, save an extra 10% on your purchase. All right, let's uh, let's get into this Masters um, tournament. So I, I guess what I'll start with is, you know, since Patrick Reed drained that putt on the 18th hole, there has been a lot of, I'm not going to go so far as to say character assassination of, uh, of Patrick Reed. I think, you know, as, as I already said, if you're listening to this podcast, you're very obviously a golf fan. You're pretty dialed in. And you were probably already aware that Patrick Reed was uh, not the most popular guy on the PGA Tour. And really really just one of the more unlikable characters in professional golf. Um, but that all being said, the guy isn't. Is a very very deserving Masters champion. Uh, his, his performance from Thursday through Sunday at Augusta National was really really fantastic, and he absolutely deserved to win. And I, I do feel a little bit bad for the man that you know his issues in the past, whether it be the, those with his family that have now been highlighted uh, at nauseum, or just the kind of way that he's kind of a he's kind of a loner. Um, or you know, as Alex Trebek would Alex Trebek would say, a loser. Um, and it, I, I don't know. I I have tried to you know I I am of the mind that Patrick Reed certainly was not the guy I was rooting for to win it, but I have absolutely no problem with him being the Masters champion, given his wonderful performance at Augusta National in 2018. Um, For him to have the pressure of holding a four-shot lead going into Sunday and have lots of opportunities to fold and to blow it, and he didn't do that. He kept his cool. He fought his way through some bad shots, and even with Ricky and Jordan, who we will talk about a little bit more here, uh, with those guys nipping at his heels and charging, um, the fact that he was able to hold his ground and not cough it up and not... Uh, succumb to all the pressure. That in itself is an incredible feat, and make you know because of that, I have absolutely no problem uh, with Patrick Reed being our 2018 Masters champion. So, uh, tip of the cap to you, Pat. Um, but with that all being said, man, I, I I can't get over how just absolutely insane it would have been if Ricky Fowler or Jordan Spieth, had been able to uh, to capture the green jacket this past weekend. Both of those guys' performance uh, on Sunday was one for the record books. And I know, at least with me, you know, once, once we get a few months removed from the Masters every year, and especially as, as soon as we get a couple of years removed from a specific tournament, most people, you know, uh, other than the most hardcore of hardcore golf fans, um, you know, most of us, Kind of just tend to remember the champion and maybe remember one or two things um, about the tournament, but mostly we just remember the champion and then maybe you know one thing associated with the champion's performance. I think oddly enough for Patrick Reed, the two of the defining moments for him on Sunday were him putting it into the creek on thirteen uh, and not having it go in the water and still being able to save, uh, you know, I mean, give himself a chance for birdie. And then also, you know, being able to save par despite, you know, leaving himself short uh, when going for it at 13. Um, and then also that putt on 17. Great googly moogly. Uh, the fact that he hit that flag stick is absolutely unbelievable. And I've heard a lot of people say that he got incredibly lucky. I I, I can't disagree with that. Um, but I mean, the fact of the matter is the guy's one of the 25 best golfers in the entire world. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he was trying to hit the flagstick. So to, to say that he, when he did it, uh, to say that it was just complete luck, you know, that that's probably not giving the man the credit that he deserves. But God damn it. If that thing did not hit the flagstick, that putt is going a minimum of 15 feet past the hole and might even go off the putting surface. And at that point, if he doesn't make that comeback for par, all of a sudden it is an entirely different ball game. With him coming into the 18th hole, because instead of having a a one-stroke lead and only needing to par to win the tournament, all of a sudden you're talking he has to birdie, or you know, can it from two to win the tournament. And certainly, if a par would, you know, at best, you know, force a playoff with Ricky Fowler. Um, so just you know, th- those are the two shots that are certainly going to stand out most to me. Uh, once again, him you know getting lucky and not putting in the drink on 13 when he came up short on his second shot, and that ultra long putt that hit the flagstick on 17, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, Patrick Reed, deserving champion, uh, certainly. It, you know, people kept on talking about how the crowd just didn't seem into it when he was coming up 18, and you know, obviously, as you guys already know, he went to Augusta State. He's not particularly loved in that region of the world. He's got a real Real fucked up thing going on with his family. Um, and and I, I say that it's fucked up not because like I think he is in the wrong. The, the fact of the matter is I don't know. I, I have no idea what the dynamic is between his parents and his family and his wife's family. All I know is that from reading uh, Alan Shipnuck's uh, excellent article. In fact, uh, if you haven't had a chance to read Alan's article on Patrick Reed's family situation that he wrote uh, you know, after the final round on Sunday... Um, that That is must must-read material. And he actually came out with a follow-up article that actually, you know, which was about him writing that first article and how it all came to be. So really fascinating stuff. If you haven't checked it out, uh, golf.com, Alan Shipnuck's article on Patrick Reed's family dynamic. And, uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, and, and Alan highlighted in his piece, yeah, I have no idea what the situation is between Patrick Reed and his family. The information that we have access to uh certainly doesn't put Patrick Lee Patrick Reed in a how do I say a uh, glowing light. Um but goddamn like we, we don't know enough details to know for a fact that he is the asshole uh in this whole situation. There could be other, you know, factors coming into it. Yeah, you know, I mean so I mean I, I, I don't want to speak at length and and just say right out the bat that Patrick Reed is is a is a dickhead. Um you know, he, he certainly you know seems like he has the potential to be a real cock, but you know I, I've never met the guy, so you know who the hell am I to judge? Um, but you know, his parents were watching at a house; they were not allowed at the Masters. Uh, he you know he does have a, a thing where he's kind of estranged from his parents and uh, his siblings, uh, even though they live just a couple miles from Augusta National. They were not welcome on the grounds at Augusta National to watch their son uh, win his first major championship. Uh, and his first Masters title. Um, and it, I, I don't know if that was the reason that the crowd wasn't necessarily, you know, completely behind Patrick Reed. Uh, but, you know, may, maybe, you know, I, I don't know if it's just I wasn't paying attention. But when I saw him walking up 18, I, I didn't really notice the lack of excitement from the crowd. I was just kind of focused on the fact that this guy, he, just despite all of the different circumstances that were coming at him all Sunday long... He kind of just, you know, he just put his head down and he just kept chugging along, and he fucking did it, you know. He, he had every every opportunity to blow it and allow two guys that played exceptional golf on Sunday and Ricky and Jordan Spieth to come and, and take that Masters uh, that green jacket away from him, and he just didn't let him. Um, and for that, again, a very very deserving Masters champion, an absolutely exceptional Masters tournament. I mean, I I could not get over. It. I I was in a a big text chain with Casey. And our other buddy, John, um, you know, the three of us just going back and forth all weekend long. And, uh, you know, I just could not get over the star power uh, that was on that leaderboard. I mean, when, when you when those guys were making the turn on Sunday and you took a, a look at the names in that leaderboard and Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, Paul Casey. By the way, Paul Casey just put it in amen Corners' butt on Sunday, didn't he? Holy shit. That guy, that guy, for that little stretch before he uh, he kind of boat, you know, let it get away on seventeen and eighteen. Paul Casey was putting together just the absolute most savage back nines uh, that Augusta National has ever seen. I, I really enjoy watching Paul Casey play golf. It was good to see him finish on a strong note. Uh, same thing goes for Tony Finau. Holy shit, Tony! Uh, I mean, we didn't talk about it because it hadn't happened when we recorded the podcast last week. But that whole ankle debacle with uh, with Tony Finau. I mean. Jesus Christ! When that guy just basically snapped his ankle uh, in half—I mean, God, dude—that looked so, so awful. I, I, I still can't believe that that guy was it. I mean, when when he just popped it back in place, I didn't even know that was possible. I, I honestly didn't know. And the fact that he, you know, finished in a top ten in uh, at Augusta—another uh, tip of the cap to Tony Finau. What a what a ballsy, ballsy performance and an excellent back nine for Tony on Sunday. But uh, getting back to just that leaderboard, the leaderboard on Sunday, I think was the highlight of the Masters tournament for me to have so many of the game's greatest players, all kind of biting, you know, all having, you know, well, some of the guys' chances were better than others. Every one of them had a shot. It only took, you know, I mean, just look at Jordan Spieth in 2016. Patrick Reed only needed to make one or two mistakes for everybody to be right back in this thing. And it, again, it's a testament to him that he was able to keep it together and didn't let anybody jump back in, even though Ricky and Jordan were so unbelievably fantastic on Sunday. Um, I, I certainly am not a Ricky Fowler hater. I I, actually, I love Ricky Fowler. I, I wouldn't call myself the biggest Ricky Fowler fan, uh, and that has nothing to do with him. It's just, you know... Uh, my allegiance lies with Mr. Woods, but uh, I I do really like watching Ricky Fowler play golf. I, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't call him a, a myself a stander, and you know, he's not my favorite player on tour, but I have nothing against Ricky Fowler. I really really like watching him play golf, and uh, that that changed on Sunday when I watched Ricky and the stones uh, that he displayed on you know coming in that back nine where he just was completely unfazed. He was so locked in and. Uh, I did find myself really, really pulling for Ricky Fowler uh, on the back nine on Sunday. He, he was the guy, I think, you know, if, when Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy, you know, both made bogey on 11, and if somebody had been in the room and asked me, who do you want to win right now, I probably would have said Ricky Fowler. I was just so, so impressed uh, with the way that Ricky played on Sunday. It gives me a lot more confidence that he is going to figure it out, and he's going to win one of these majors here pretty soon. I mean, I've not seen Ricky that locked in with his putter. I mean, it, it seemed like on the back nine, every putt he had within 15 feet, he stepped up to it and he was confident and he had no doubt that he was going to put it in the back of the cup. And so that was really, really fun to watch Ricky be that dialed in. And then Jordan Spieth. whoo, Good Lord. Um, this was part of my text chain with uh, with Casey and JMO, but, you know, I, I was in shock that, you know, on the 18th tee that Jordan Spieth had a chance to birdie the 18th hole at Augusta to go to 15 under par for the tournament and force Patrick Reed to make another, you know, to go under par for the last portion of his round. Uh, I mean, we all know what happened. Obviously hitting that tree is a, is a fucking, it's just a mistake of epic, epic proportions. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really unforgivable, uh, what Jordan Spieth did off the tee. Um, but I mean shit dude I mean do, do you see how wide that opening is between those two trees it's like it's not like any one of us wouldn't do the exact same thing if not way way worse it's just that these guys are so damn good and the standard that they set is so unbelievably high and their their ability to execute golf shots is so masterful that you know you just kind of expect them to be able to get it through that little 15 foot gap up there but uh that all being said um you know for him to finish you know third is just is so fucking incredible. His his round up until the 18th hole was one of the most impressive displays of golf I've ever seen. Um, however, I, I just never really expected Jordan Speed. I, I was rooting for him, but I never really expected him to actually pull it off after the 13th hole. And, uh, you know, w- when he went for the green on 13-2, and two, cleared it, and put it to 10 feet, I was texting Casey and John, and I said, listen... If he makes this putt, I believe he can do it. If he misses this and he wastes that unbelievable second shot in and doesn't convert it for an eagle here, I'm going to I'm not saying that it's impossible, but this that this is the, the this is the big momentum swing. This is the one that he has to have. He has to put a 3 up on the scorecard on this par 5. And if he can do that, he's going to ride that wave and, and then I think he's got a legitimate shot. And when he uh and when he misread it a little bit and had to tap in for that birdie, that I think that was the that was the most pivotal point in the round. Now, to, I mean, cheers to Jordan because I mean, he, even after that, he continued to play excellent golf until that tee shot on 18. But I I, I think really that that's where he lost his chance um, to win the tournament there on 13. He absolutely had to have that eagle putt and uh, just missed it by a couple of inches. And as Dottie Pepper kept saying at length, every single time a player would hit it to a similar spot, oh, that's the same that's the same putt that Jordan Spieth missed right there. Well. Again, I've never played Augusta National. I've never even been to the place. But I've watched enough of the tournaments on TV where, uh, you know, you you would just think that that is something that the guys would have figured out by there. But it was just odd to see uh, as many guys miss that putt as they did. So, anyway, it, an absolutely sensational performance for Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, and, of course, Patrick Reed. Uh, John Rahm, I mean, despite the guy, you know, going a couple over par on Thursday, uh, it was really, really fun to see him in the thicket. Of uh, you know of all the action on Sunday, I really enjoy watching John Rom, uh play golf. I, although I will say, and and write write me on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram if you got this. I, and I got a text from my cousin Pat on Sunday. You know who's a uh, very much a, a recreational uh, you know golf fan. Um, he texted me saying that he just for some reason he doesn't know why, but he just doesn't like John Rahm's face. Uh I, I don't know if it's the sideburns. I don't know if it's the shape. Um he, he said he has a very very punchable face. And I'm I'm just curious if you guys feel the same way. So at K Serlo on Twitter or at GolfGodnet on Twitter, uh let me know. What 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 do you think about John Rahm's face? Uh, is it the side I I I I don't know if I agree with him, uh but I also don't know if I disagree with him. So I'm I'm curious to hear your input. So uh, get at me if you have any thoughts on John Rom's face, um, and then other than that, I mean, I covered a couple of other stuff. I don't believe I won uh, the pool that I was in, even though I had Patrick Reed winning uh, in my pool. All of my secondary picks, uh, which included Tiger Woods, Justin Thomas, Ian Poulter, you know, it just didn't uh, it didn't turn out as well as I was hoping. Uh, but that's okay, you know. I mean. The Masters tournament was so good that I you know I'm not all that concerned with uh, with losing a little bit of money because you know at the end of the day it was a really really great golf tournament. if you really enjoy golf and everything that surrounds uh, you know the masters, I, I think you would have to agree that it was a really really outstanding golf tournament, uh, certainly not the champion that we all wanted, but hey the champion that we deserve so uh, Patrick Reed once again congratulations. Uh, wonderful Masters victory. Very, very impressive. And uh, now we get to look forward to the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills, which is uh, one of the most you know storied and uh, certainly the premier golf courses in all of the United States. So that is going to be an exceptional golf tournament. Uh, just a little over two months away here. But uh, a lot of golf on the professional tour to uh, keep ourselves entertained with. In the meantime, and uh that's that's about all i got for you guys here today i hope i didn't ramble on for too long i'm sure i repeated myself uh several times uh throughout this uh, little mini broadcast that we've got going on here but uh yeah guys what what a masters can't wait to do it all over again next year uh we may talk about the masters a little bit more in uh, one of the next couple podcasts if, if i happen to get casey on in the next couple of weeks i'm certainly going to want to get some of his thoughts and uh, and share all those with you but uh in the meantime, we will be back next week. Um, so until then, everybody, enjoy yourself. The master signals the start of golf season across the United States. Get out there. Play some goddamn golf. And if you don't want to spend too much money when you play golf, visit golfguide.net, promo code GGpodcast. Save an extra 10% on the already discounted play certificates on golfguide.net. All right, everybody. We will be back next week. Mahalo.